Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. So in the last new episode, you guys got to meet Skipper DJ Elliot. I mean, his name's not DJ, but he is a DJ whose name is Elliot. Now look, I've met a lot of skips in my day, but I think this guy ranks as one of the coolest. He's got the skipper thing, the DJ thing, the LucasArts connections, a gigantic tattoo of the Golden Girls covering up most of his back. Okay, well, not the last one, but this cat was super cool to hang out with. I'll admit it, I've got a little bit of a bro crush going on with this guy. He's uh, just too cool for skipper school. So as we come back to the second part of this episode, we chat about the changes to the Walt Disney World Jungle Cruise over the years, as well as chatting more jungle, pop culture, Star Wars, and pretty much everything in between. Now, before we get into the episode, I just uh, want to remind you to come check us out over at facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S. There's news there about our new line of t-shirts that are inspired by the Rivers of Adventure, as well as our signature logo shirt at a special price. Uh, we also have all of our really cool news there, including the dates and locations of our June Skip Gather. That's right, they've been gone for two years, but we're opening it up again for any skips or fans of the show to come and hang out with us for an afternoon. So head over to our Facebook page for information both about our really great nerdy shirts and the boozy afternoon of fun in the sun with a bunch of skippers. Oh, by the way, if you are a skipper or know a skipper who might want to appear on this show, please drop me a line at junglecruise, uh, C-R-E-W-S, at gmail.com. Okay, here we go, everyone. Season 4, Episode 20, as we sit down with The DJ Skipper, Part 2. Kungaloosh, everyone. Obviously, if you've heard a couple of the episodes by now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what are the other, like, when someone talks to you about working at the Jungle Cruise, what, what's the story? What's the thing that you pull out of your bag when you're at a party and, and tell your, your Jungle Cruise story? So the big, the big Jungle Cruise stories, uh, I was there for the transition away from guns. Um, that was a big thing that happened in my time. I was also there for the transition from the old boats to the new boats. And uh, being able to deviate from the script, and then for it being, if you deviated from the script, you were written up and terminated. Like that—that that was the time frame that I was there. Yeah. Um, now let's just um, let's talk about the boat changes because you're, you're talking about after the Indiana Jones, uh, you know, revival and the boat change, yes. retheming in, in Anaheim. Two years later, ish, uh, the same boat uh, decoration and a lot of the. The uh, they didn't change your your guys's loading area, but the boats no. the boats and the costuming had a little yeah the boats the boats over. changed, which was funny because they were thinner than the boats that we had. We had the old red and white boats with the with the colored tops canopies, 
Um, when we have canopies on the ones in Florida as well, because it rains all the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. When I say canopy, yeah. I, mean, I meant the you know the. No, because uh, I come here and you have yeah. no canopies. It's all skylights. No, no, no. We've got, well, well, they fold up. I think. Yeah, yeah. They it, it, they fold up. It depends on uh, some of them have rips in them that are strategically <laughs> placed when it rains and it uh, it's going to go right into the boat. But awesome. Yeah, but we do have we do have canopies. It's just not how it how it was in the old days where they were always down yeah. and shading. Because you know, then you want to be able to show off the, the majesty of the jungle. I actually like the like the background music. I'm gonna see how that edits in. <laughs> nice and relaxing. Uh, so yeah, so we made the boat transition, and I remember the big thing that we were the most excited about was that they were going to be wheelchair accessible. And it's funny because it was the big thing that everybody was the most excited about. We're getting these boats, and two of them are going to have these wheelchair lifts in them, and they're going to be all crazy and amazing. And I think it was. Four, four or five years after we got the new boats, we finally got those wheelchair accessible boats. Uh, we got the U- uh, ours is the Yuki, and it it was there in oh four. I want to say mm. is when we finally got our wheelchair lift on ours. Yeah. I think they I think they just added a second one not too long yeah, ago. We so. we got to, we had two, and I just remember that it was the the whole excitement about the boats was these wheelchairs, and it was like when are they coming? When are they coming? When are they coming? They're like oh soon, any day now. How many, because um, it's a longer river, how many boats do you guys have on at the time? Um, I think we ran, we could run 10 boats. Yeah. 10 was the average, and I, I believe we had 12, because there'd typically be two, two in spare. Yeah, and that's, we would we would have eight on the river and two in spare, yeah. if one's not at the shop or getting it yeah. out. And I think we had, I think we had twelve on hand at all time. But I think there was another one that was typically in a shop. Yeah, because uh, Central Shops is actually right behind the the park. My, my theory was always that the you know, as skippers we got attached to boats. Mm-hmm. My theory was always with when they went into rehab, they just changed the name plates out and put mm-hmm. them on different boats because uh, <laughs> I, I doubted that they were the same ones uh, the entire time. So, <laughs> uh, so Noah, so what was that transition? Because on the gun side of thing, that's um, really a very different. Characteristic of the Orlando experience versus Anaheim uh, is with the let, let's call them electronically enhanced uh, <laughs> firearm accessories. And I I didn't work there when the electronic guns happened. I was there uh, when they had the guns, and I remember that the same uh, guest relations manager came over and they were looking at ways to cut costs at the jungle uh, because Animal Kingdom had opened and it was that you know. We were trying to find ways we could save money however we could. And he looked at it financially and said, you know, look, it's cheaper for us to buy 12 Motorola radios and put them in the boats than it is to recap these bullets and to refurbish these guns. So we just showed up one day and they were gone. And it was like, okay, so your cover material is, you know, you're going to tell the guests to wiggle their ears at the hippos and make them go away. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. And they're like, well, you can talk about the hippos cannonballing into the, you know, they they kept trying to come up with cover material, but I don't think we ever got anything official. And then, uh, the, and it was just it. That was it. You know, once we had the radios, I think it was four or five years before the even the electronic ones came, and I think that was because. WDI was like, "Hey, what's? How come you're not using guns? Like that's yeah, because it wasn't that's a, part of the script. It, it like, wasn't an official change. Yeah, it was. It was a guy who just went in and changed it. Yeah. And I remember every time I talked to people, they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. You know, they they got rid of the guns because uh, because Animal Kingdom opened and there was all this violence. And I'm like, eh, it had nothing to do with that. You know, same thing. You know, as someone that started at the Skyway, 
everybody tells me, you know, hey, you know the reason they closed the Skyway was because that guy died there. And I'm like, no, they closed the Skyway because the operational hourly ride capacity yeah. was 800 an hour. That's nothing. That- well, I, and look at what they, the one that uh, we had here, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't be ADA retrofitted, among, yeah. other, among other things. Yeah. But, you know, you, you had a staircase to climb, yep. and it was... Uh, the, the the actual shell of the building was you know not in great repair. Yeah. Uh, it was in a weird place to get to, and it yeah it was so no. few people could go on it at the no. time. And ours was really... ours was such a guest dissatisfier because back then it was the day of the huge metal Disney strollers. Yeah, and so people would park their strollers in Fantasyland. They'd on a day when everything in the park was a walk on. We were a forty five minute wait. People would wait 45 minutes, ride all the way to Tomorrowland, and we'd tell them to get off, and they'd be like, they'd say, well, our stroller's on the other side. And looking back at it now, we should have just had them bring their placard and switch out with strollers on the other side. But we didn't think that way back then. So we're yeah. like, oh, well, you can wait in line in Tomorrowland for another 45 uh, minutes and take a trip back. Well, and that was the, that was the thing about um, you know the Disneyland one is it was not a long trip. I mean, Florida you could, was a long could, trip. See, it was ours, a twelve-minute trip. Well, ours you could you could walk it in five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was not it was not yeah. for you know transportation purposes. It was to get an overview and a look down at the yeah. park. I, my theory is they did it because it was a relatively inexpensive thing to put in that looked yeah. cool. Well, the the ironic thing about the Florida one is the company that built it actually ended up making an offer to buy it back, yeah. which is another reason why they made the decision to get rid of it. Like. So we can, you know, we basically had it for free this whole time in Florida. Yeah. So, so they they shipped it all off. Um, but I think you know earlier you talked about the difficult things that we have to deal with. I think the most difficult thing that we deal with in Florida is weather. Yeah, is the rain. I mean, because there is nothing worse than being out on the jungle and it pouring rain. Because well, and it's not like you go in in the morning and know that you're no, going to have uh-uh. it. It's, it's, you know, you're dressed in shorts yeah. and just, you know, casual, and then it's instant monsoon. No, and there's no warning. It's just all of a sudden you'll be you'll be out in the jungle and it'll be clear skies, and 30 seconds later it's dark skies. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got these 48 people on the boat that are going to get wet no matter what. We're all getting wet. Yeah. Like, there's no escaping it. The only escape is the temple. And there's nothing worse than pulling into the temple when it's not raining. And as you come <laughs> as you come around the corner, you see the shower just coming out the window. And you know you could stop and just hang out here. Uh, I, I would have been like, okay, which of you angered the gods? Yeah. And there was an emergency evacuation point inside the temple. So if, if weather was really bad, you would park in the temple and evac everybody out. But as soon as it started raining hard, it was, okay, get everybody off the boat as quickly as possible, cycle out, and get off the boat because of lightning. That's, you know, yeah. Florida being the lightning capital of the world. And I look back at it now like, you know, if, if it started raining and you were in the front boat, well, you still had to make a 10-minute 10, 10 trip around, you know, and by the time you got back to the dock to park your boat in a safe location, yeah. it was done raining. Because you could did, put... Did you, did you guys keep a, keep a poncho in the, uh, the, the usually, boat store? No, or? usually uh, when, it, when it came, to, you would most... If you look in the summertime when you're at Florida, you'll see most Disney cast members with a black pack on their back. And in that black pack, essentially, is a, a poncho. And they smell horrible. And the guests wrapped in yellow for freshness. 
Well, you got to keep your guests fresh. Yes, you know, exactly. They're the ones with the money. Exactly. So yeah. So I think the the heart, the most difficult the thing is well, the, and the humidity. The humidity in, in Orlando definitely yeah, raises some challenges at certain times of year. You get used to it, but that's when you want it to rain. Yeah. Like, hey, it's going to rain at three o'clock. It's going to be miserable for an hour, but then it's going to be gorgeous out. Because as soon as the sun sets, even when it's hot and miserable out, the great thing is, is it cools down. You know, I know in visiting Arizona, like. You know, if it's 100 degrees out in the middle of the day, it's 100 degrees out when you walk outside at 9 o'clock. And you're not going to see that in Florida. But, you know, there is no, you know, we don't really have a a spring or fall. We have summer and winter. And winter is about, you know, a month. It's kind of the opposite of Seattle. Yeah. You know, where the the rain festival Mm -hmm. for Seattle starts on uh, January 1st and ends on December 31st. Every year it's consistent. Um, so any other uh, fun time stories that are the, the things that come off the top of your head when you... I mean, the one thing that everybody, all the young kids would ask me about is temple diving. And uh, temple diving, and you're shaking your head like, I have I don't, no I don't clue know. I, temple I, diving. I have no clue. So temple diving is something that we did in the old days for all of us old school skippers. And what you would do is you could get out onto the roof of the temple... And you could jump onto the canopy of the boat, and you could hijack the boat. And so, some skippers would like you. You do like a swap where you you know you could swap inside the temple, and sometimes guests wouldn't necessarily notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hijacking the boat, uh, dead skipper around the you know the the Schweitzer Falls, which. Uh, it's just funny how unimpressive Schweitzer Falls is in California, which makes the joke funny. <laughs> yeah. Because in Florida, it's a huge raging water. Like, it's an actual major waterfall. Well, and it's, it's so much less uh, flow now. If you take a look at pictures from the 60s, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a pretty substantial yeah. waterfall. And now it's like three little trickles. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, you know, now when you go under Schweitzer, you're looking at the backside of drought. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not an impressive uh, feat anymore. Uh, the days. So uh, I mean, of course we, miss, yeah, of course you miss it. Every skipper that I know oh, yeah. misses it. So uh, we have our, we had our thing was uh, was Jungle Police, where you would take an empty boat out, and it was usually the usually uh, like the boat in back, sometimes the boat in front, and you would just pull up to the fr- front, and you'd have a couple skippers there on a deadhead, and one of them would get on and climb around the outside of the boat, jump into the front of it, and take over the boat and apologize for the bad jokes put that other skipper in custody, put him in the front seat, and take over the trip for the rest of the trip, because it was, you know, the police side of things. So that, that was what, that was kind of that version yeah. of it for the the California side. No. And then the other the other thing in my time was the end of the night was always skipper cruise. Yep. Like, we, you know, all the guests would be gone, last boat of the night, you know, skipper of the day would take the boat around, and, uh... That's when I'd always get the request to do X-rated Jungle Cruise, and that was the rated R version was everybody's favorite. Um, I'm known. <laughs> one of the things, the things I'm I'm known in my group for is I drank one of the medium Walt Disney World cups full of Jungle Cruise water. Oh one day dear God! On a on a bet for twenty dollars, um, I got that twenty dollars from. I think it was. It was Andy that gave me the twenty dollars. Um, but then how much was the tetanus shot? Um, it was pretty. You know what's funny is it wouldn't have been so bad if it wasn't warm. Uh, but looking back at it now, it probably wasn't the best idea because the fuel used to leak into the water. Yeah, and see, and, and all the animals. That's and, the thing is with the duck population and the decaying yeah. plant matter. Mm-hmm. It was probably uh, a bad idea. But I was young and 
broke and yeah, you you know, we do dumb things. Like I, the, the amount of dumb stuff that we did. You know, at the last day at Jungle, you typically swim. That was the the big thing in Florida. Uh, and it's just funny because now, with safety concerns, there's no way. No, they basically meet you at the end, edge of the water with handcuffs yeah. if you try it. It's, you know, uh, there's, there's some video that's out there of a, a guy in the, the mid to late 80s on his last day. And they actually have full video uh, or film of it where he uh, rips off his shirt from the front of the boat, jumps in the water with a rubber knife, and starts uh, attacking the hippos. That's dangerous. Yep. Because in uh, Florida, that's the deepest part of the jungle. Yes, it's ours too. Yeah, every everywhere else, it's like three feet deep. So, I remember in training, people would be like, "Well, what happens if a guest falls overboard?" I'm like, "You tell them to stand up." Yep. But but on the other side, then you have things. Uh, we had a, a guy who fell off the second floor of the the boathouse, mm. bounced off the tarp, hit into the water between two boats. And uh, that's, you know, maybe three feet deep, you know, four <laughs> feet deep. And that, that's, you know, why they color the water the way that they do with, you know, that sludge mm-hmm. that keeps it that beautiful shade of green-brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Before we get into the, the kind of... I do at some point, there's a couple of things on the past Jungle Cruise things I want to chat about, but... Um, you mentioned uh, celebrity stories. Oh, yes. Uh, um, so my, you know, the... The Michael Jackson stories, you know, he'd come and come into your boat yep. all by himself. Uh, the, you know, the one that sticks out the most to me, I remember being on the boat. It was one of those days I didn't want to be there. And what would happen in, in Florida is essentially they'd load you and unload with a party and they'd tell you you're not picking up anybody else. Yeah. And so you'd be like, oh, great. You know, I've got a boat full of five people. This is going to be horrible. And I remember, you know, one of our go-to jokes, you know, hey, where are you from? No way I was born there. Where are you from? No way I was born there. And so I started off with that, and and I I turned to this woman, and I said, hey, where are you from? And she said, you know, Pennsylvania or something like that. I said, no way I was born there. And she said, well, what hospital? And I was like, that's kind of screwed up. And the guy guy with the video camera started (laughs) chuckling like you're chuckling, and it was Susan Sarandon, and it took me until halfway through the jungle to realize that the guy with the video camera was uh, uh, Tim Robbins, yeah. which, you know, obviously they're together. I didn't know that then. And, I, I mean, he was enormous. He he had to duck to get on the boat. But yeah. I was more impressed with him. You know, I, I think I, I did a joke, you know, get busy living, get busy dying, and yeah. he chuckled at that. But that's really the only memorable one I remember. Yeah, still, I know, still to this day, by the way, the, I, I think the player is one of the most incredible pieces of film oh, yeah. Uh, just that whole opening shot mm-hmm. just is keeps me in awe for the uh... no no um, my my greatest celebrity moment at Disney um, I from 2007 until last year I was uh, pushed the talking trash can and I did a set where I interacted with Robin Williams and his mm-hmm. kids yeah. and that was the coolest moment there was uh, uh, he came up to me and his joke was you must talk a lot of trash. And as pushed the talking trash can, that's that's like the number one joke everybody told you. And my reply was, you know, sir, with your resume, I really expected something funnier. And that was the only funny thing I got to say the rest of our interaction. And he just went, and uh, it was really neat because as he walked away, he whispered to the VIP guy, and the VIP guy pointed me out, and he tipped his hat at me, and I nodded, and, and that was it. And so it was, it was really... I had totally forgotten about that moment until he passed away recently, and yeah. I was like, "Oh man, I told, 
I gotta share that story with somebody, but that was my most magical Disney, uh, you know, celebrity interaction. But the Jungle Cruise, I just remember Susan Sarandon. I remember Rosie O'Donnell came down. That was back when her talk show was big, and she was loud and obnoxious. But usually, for the most part, every celebrity I ever dealt with on the Jungle Cruise usually just sat there. Yeah. It was quiet. They were just fa- it was just the families. There was people. I mean, yeah. that's and, I'm, the- and I'm sure there's much more that roll through here in California, obviously. Yeah. But usually in Florida, it's... It's gotten to be a little harder lately because the park is so full mm-hmm. that it's a little harder for people to kind of squeeze through on, on not being recognized. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the big thing is, we you know, the Justin Bieber coming through the back line. and no. I mean, there's just things that, you know... And I don't even understand, like, somebody like him, why would he want to ride the Jungle Cruise? Like, what? Well, more, more importantly, you know, why wouldn't... Look, it's not like he's that distinctive looking that if mm. you put a hat on him and didn't dress him up yeah. in the way he But he wants dresses, everybody to know who he yeah. is. He wants to cause the scene, obviously. You know. Well and that's you know, that's the thing that I before you know, cell phones and before the the big push on internet tabloid mm-hmm. stuff, before TMZ, you didn't have TMZ people in the park. Mm-hmm. On almost a constant basis, that I, so I, I, I never even thought about that. There but were it TM, makes perfect sense. when I was there, like you know, oh seven, oh eight. There were TMZ guys with uh, with cameras that were, you know, in the park, quote unquote. But you know, you saw someone every day, mm-hmm. and you you saw those pictures that were going up. So it, they were just in the park, hanging out, waiting to get you know, uh, you know, paparazzi shots of people. Because that's what sold you yeah, know, the internet absolutely. clicks back in the day. Yeah. No. No, the only the only other big jungle thing I can think of, and you could probably talk about the the California difference, but um, there's only two times of the day a ride jungle cruise. That's really early in the morning or really late at night. Any other time, you're wasting you're wasting your time. <laughs> if you come after eleven o'clock in the morning or before eight o'clock uh, at night, you are. You are getting the most boring Jungle Cruise you're ever going to yeah, get. Yeah, it's... Look, I don't know how it is now, mm-hmm. so I can't speak to True. it. Yeah. Uh, but look, if you were on my boat, you were always getting the most boring Jungle Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I say with false humility. Um, but yeah. Oh, no, no. come on. We all thought ours was oh, the best. Oh, yeah. 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 Everyone. I, re- I remember the moment I thought I was the best, and I had a friend come videotape me, which was such a big deal back then because not everybody had a camera on their phone. And I remember watching it and just being like, I need to. I need to do something. I'm bad. Yeah. Like, I'm really bad. I, I've got a VHS. There was a, a skipper who was the, on our third episode named Dave Casella. David worked in Orlando. He'd been on the Great Movie Ride. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that I can that I can prove because I have a I have a handprint on the Great Movie Ride wall as well. Yeah, uh, 2001. Great, great guy, and he went through and actually taped like 20 skippers one summer. Mm-hmm. I have the master VHS, but really no way to play. I need to find it and I need to get it digitized and and put uh, put it up. And probably tell you who everybody is. Yeah, I mean, because it's, you know, there's tons of stuff on there from, oh, no, it wasn't in uh, Florida, it was here. Oh, okay. So he went through, so I'm, I'm on there with my, oh, cool. you know, my early shtick, which was not uh, as, you know. It's as, painful sometimes. Yeah, well, but yeah, I did stand-up comedy in the, the comedy boom. Like, when I got out of, mm-hmm. uh, when I dropped out of college, because that was a smart career investment, um, I spent two years teaching improv and, and doing stand-up. 
and it was you know ninety three ish. So that's right in the the comedy boom. That's yeah. you know Comedy Central taking off. There's stand up everywhere. You know Seinfeld and Tim Allen and all that stuff. And I spent a couple of years you know on the road where I would go teach an improv thing and I would go do some stand up. And uh, I have PTSD about it. I mean, it's I have friends that are really great stand-ups now, and it's tough to go see a show because I get flashbacks. Wow. It's uh, So by the time I got to Jungle, I already had kind of uh, disabused myself of the concept that I was funny. Uh, my, the guy who had taught me a lot of the stand-up stuff said, you know, you have to tell jokes about what you know. And what I knew, particularly from high school, was that any time I tried to be funny, I got the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> um, and that, that didn't translate well when you're doing stand-up. No, it doesn't. Um, so one of the things, I mean, we have a, a couple minutes. Um, what, every time I've talked to uh, a Walt Disney World uh, skip, one of the things I always try to say is, you know, look, I've picked your brain for an hour now. What do you want to know about Anaheim? Because things you want to know <coughs> are probably things other people want to know. And not that I'm an expert, but it's always you know. Is there anything? I mean, you got to work out here a little bit, but yeah, no. And that was that was the thing is that was a perfect time for us to come over because we didn't really get to do shows in front of guests. We did shows in front of other cast members yeah, essentially yeah. because of the the ways that the rules got. And it was basically just a. A goodwill tour, you and know? I imagine you had a little. I mean, I'm sure you you were still spirit of the jungle, but you probably had a little freer reign to tell some jokes because there wasn't. Yeah, the, no, no, it was. Yeah, again, it was always you know, you know, stick to the spiel, and then the under your breath, you know, or just don't get caught. You know, if yeah. you get caught, you're gonna get you know, you're gonna get written up, and you're gonna get suspended. Yeah, but, yeah, but when you're on your when you're on that exchange trip, when you're yeah. out here, you can just say, "Oh, that's a joke we tell in." Uh-huh. Well, no, on that it was we. I mean, we sat down and we were like, okay, so when we go over there, there's no. I mean, we had oh, they were we had meetings like you are going to represent here and got it. We're the best, and they're the you know because there there's always been that rivalry, and it's always funny because uh, Disneyland always wins because you're the original. You can't beat that one, and then we can always hit it with oh well, we're bigger, you know. Well, okay, but let's let's do the comparison here. I'll name an attraction that's at both parks. You tell me which one is the better one. Walt Disney. This is a little game show. Talk. All right, I like it. I okay, like so let, let's start. Uh, we're not going to do Jungle Cruise because we we know that they each have their own yep. qualities, and uh, they just put fourteen million bucks in the Tokyo, so they win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Haunted Mansion. Uh, Haunted Mansion. Walt Disney World right now wins hands down. Yeah. As of now. Uh, even even out of Paris, because Paris is, was the winner for a long time, but it is in real sad disrepair. Yeah. Uh, but it's down for rehab right yeah, now, and hopefully... Now we're going to be getting the Hatbox Ghost, so that's going to be... Which, uh, great, Hatbox hat Ghost. there's enough other but, stuff. But, but we've got the new stair scene, we've got the wallpaper eyeballs, and now the new ghost at the end of the ride, which still... I know how the old technology works. I still can't figure out how the new technology works. Yeah. So good for them. So, no, I think it's the one where we've got you beat. Because even people are like, oh, but what about Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's okay. I, I was there when it opened, and yeah. I actually got to help with some finishing touch yeah. stuff when it opened. So, um, so uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? I'll give it to Disneyland. Yeah. The extra show scenes and the extra drops. It, it felt really... really helps sell it. And, and it's tough because... You don't have the drops mm-hmm. at the front of the ride because yeah. you're climbing. It's a very different, you know. 
Well, there's only one. There's you're only dropping down one hill yeah. in Florida. Yeah, it really just it didn't. But seem... of all the parks, Pirates Disneyland Paris wins. Yep, theirs is their order is amazing. And when you hit the first drop and you look off to your left and you see the bombardment scene from up top, looking down on the pirate ship. Yeah, that that's super cool. But again, they get the. You know, they get the little help on their side that they built all their rides in the 90s, so they learned all their lessons. Again, they're Peter Pan wins because not only can they seat twice the amount of people because there's a front row and a back row, but their show scenes are in order. You know, even Walt Disney World's is... I think the ride vehicle at Walt Disney World, Peter Pan, is better than Disneyland, but the fact that Walt was involved in the one in Disneyland makes it win. So, uh, this is one that I'm going to give. I'm just going to give to Orlando, uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, I love our Big Thunder Mountain here. Yes. There's some great stuff. The new, I, the new the edition new stuff is fantastic. Yes, uh, the queue in Orlando is fantastic. Yes, the ride is just massive. It's oh, it's a great, great coaster. Because I mean, it's here's the thing: is the one that's here feels like a ride. The one in Orlando feels like a coaster. Yes. Uh, so let's go uh, Tower of Terror. Florida. Yeah, that, that's an easy one. Technically, one. technically, the one that will always win that is Tokyo Disney Sea because they have no budget. But it's not technically Twilight Zone out of there. Yeah. And it's really funny to see uh, Joe Rohde as a character in the ride. I think that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, but yeah, Florida's that... That uh, dimension room when you make the transition forward yeah. oh, as a kid terrified well, me. And, and here's the thing: God, you couldn't have been a kid when that was 1995. Well, I mean, uh, I was a kid. I was in high school. God damn it! I, I'm old. <laughs> I'm fucking old. Okay, so um, god damn it. But yeah, so here's the deal with the Tower of Terror. When I wrote it, I wrote it first in Orlando, okay. and I loved it. It didn't. It didn't make me feel like I was going to die. <laughs> which I have the worst anxiety attacks every time I, I have ridden the one here in California. Um, it, but then again, I, I worked at Malibu for yeah. a year and never rode it because it just terrified. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they were like, well, you know, you're, you're supposed to ride it as part of the uh, the training process. I'm like, no, I don't need to do that no. to run the ride. But, but the one here, there's just something about the way that it drops and the feel of it that it doesn't. And it's ironic because in both rides, you never drop. You're essentially in a high-speed elevator yeah. that goes up and down. It's, it's so fun. I, I used to teach a tour about the one in, in Florida where we talked about how it actually worked. Yeah. You know how Imagineers went to the the Sears Tower in Chicago, and you know Otis explained you know all the processes they go through so that you don't feel the acceleration of the elevator. And Imagineering was like, "Well, what would you need to do so that we could feel that acceleration?" <laughs> and they figured it out. So reverse it all up. Uh, so yeah, all right. Uh, I like this game. This uh, game is fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what other uh, things have have good comparisons. Well, I, uh, I I am not a fan of Left Turn Mountain here in uh, California. You're talking, like, talking about space? I do like Space Mountain in Florida, but oh left God. turn mountain. I hate here. space in Florida. <laughs> and here's the reason why. Not only is it smaller, but every time I get off it I have to go straight to a chiropractor. <laughs> uh, the ride vehicles are less are less uh, you know, they're they're tighter. Because uh, they're, you know, they are they still are they they're side still by side singles, They're yeah. still singles. Oh, I mean but it, it's Yes, you have some variation in turns, but the ride's half as long. It doesn't have, you know, it's, I don't know. The, no, the, ride, the length, ride length is the but same. Because the, the, they've got the tandem there. 
So it just didn't because you have the two two cars running at the same two time. Two tracks, but they're both longer than the one in yeah. California. Because the side, the mat, the shoe print of the building is double the size. Because <coughs> essentially, how they solved the capacity was instead of doing double like they do here, they singled. So they have the exact same capacity, yeah. which is ironic. But uh, it um, it just that's the one that really like. When I went on that, I had a really bad taste in my mouth afterwards. I just did yeah. not enjoy that one at all. And I like it because it's, you know, it's that first steel Yeah, yeah but yeah, because it still feels clunky. And yeah. Well, because, again, the problem we run into, mm-hmm. Walt Disney World can't close an attraction for months or years at a time because we're the vacation of a lifetime. People yeah. save up their entire life to come once from all over the world. Yeah. You know, you guys with the annual pass holders, if you're not changing stuff, they're not going to come back. And that's... They're both. They're both two. Is that how it works? Yeah, they're is, they're is both different. Simple? Yeah, they're... is it that simple to get rid of them? We just have to not change things for a while and they'll yeah. go away. Yeah, create a really successful party oh, like Electronica, and then you'll get rid of that and replace it with Mad Tea Party, and everybody will hate it. And then they'll get rid of Mad Tea, and everybody will be like, "Oh my god, we loved it! It was amazing!" Uh, and I know so with... many people who are fanatical about Mad Tea Party, and now you'll, you'll have it again. So. Uh, I liked Electronica. I thought that was a yeah, fun show. That was. Um, and from the DJ side of things. Oh, yeah, no, well, it was, that's where we made our, we got to make our change. And it's funny because the the funny thing from the, because from the DJ side, I've gotten to be involved in all of that. So I remember we did Electronica and in Florida, we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And we didn't, we did a, a stitch kind of dance party in Tomorrowland and it kind of worked, but was too kiddish. Uh, and then, you know, they did Mad Tea Party and we did Monsters University Homecoming and it was, Again, kind of kiddish, and so then their answer was they did the monster homecoming for Halloween, and theirs was a little cooler than ours was, and so finally we did something that they hadn't done, which was frozen, you know, frozen summer fun, and we really pushed the envelope. We used our band, and it was kind of family oriented, but kind of pushed the envelope for Florida, and then we came over here and saw that they took their, you know, edge pushing adult dance party and made it more like Walt Disney World and it did not work at all and so as we try to push the envelope and get closer to what they have here they tried to do what we do do there and just it it doesn't work but again we're we don't have the repeat clientele yeah you know yeah the um on the ride comparison one the one that I unfortunately can't do it anymore because it it, Mr. uh, Toad no I was going to go for Tiki Room because uh, that we're back to normal. Then. I know. Thank God. What was the feeling over when you had uh, new management? Well, what, what did you guys think of it? Uh, you know, it was. I it it never bothered me. I I liked it. The animatronics were really well done. It's really nice to see that Ahoa has found has taken up residency now at Trader Sam's. Yeah. So she is there, and uh, it's neat to see that. Because um, look. As great as it is that it was Walt's classic attraction, it's boring as hell. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, it's you know nostalgic of my childhood, but man, if you're even a little tired, you were sleeping through that thing. Well, that was just as a cast member. <laughs> I mean, I, I had I had eight hour shifts there. I, so. I don't even know how you did. And it, it's uh, you know, I, I love it for what it is. Yeah. But even when we're here at Disneyland in the park, it's one of those that like. But that's it's really got to be a like okay we're gonna yeah. do it. That's another one though that Paris kills, the the fever one that they do. Oh yeah yeah. Oh Paris Tiki is it's t- tons of great stuff on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. 
you, you've seen the Mystic Manor stuff on on YouTube for uh, Hong Kong. No, I have not. Oh. I, I'm I'm holding off because we're going. Oh, you want to not yeah. spoil it for I yourself? I don't want to spoil it. Oh, that it was is. what was great about all the stuff in because uh, everybody talked about Pooh's Honey Hunt. Yeah. And after going on it in Tokyo, we were just like, "This is amazing." And again, I knew nothing about yeah, Ratatouille. I, I won't. I won't spoil anything for you on the. Uh, uh, I mean, I know it uses that ride. Yeah, system. that ride technology. Yeah. Uh, it's there's elements of the Adventures Club in it that I think okay, you'll really yeah. you'll really get. I'm not going to spoil too much out of it, but yeah, it's it's a beautifully themed ride. They really just yeah. amazingly well done. No, we're doing some great stuff, and again, I got yeah. I got friends working on uh, well, on Pandora, so. yeah. and I got friends working on Rivers of Light, and you know, and my, on other unnamed yeah, projects. My, my fingers are are crossed that at some point around the sixtieth, mm-hmm. we'll get something on either Marvel City or or Star Wars. I know that they're as someone they, that's no, they've got them the talking about both of them. So. Yeah, we're going to hear a lot of stuff at D twenty three. That that'll be the big. Reveals. Here's all the new stuff coming. Yeah, so because I mean, I you know I appreciated when they did the announcement for the the three new uh, elements for the sixtieth for the the revamp of World of Color yeah. and the the new fireworks show and the new parade, which I I, I think is going to be great. It was yeah, time, no. it was time for it was time for them to put some money back in the parade. No. And we we finally got a new parade and it's been a big hit. But man, I'll tell you. We need some new fireworks shows. I mean, Wishes for Us is going on 15 oh years. Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. I mean, that was brand new in 1999. Like, it was, oh, the Millennium Celebration, new Illuminations. And they're great shows, but it's just like, yeah. you know. So it was funny because over the summer we did fireworks for Frozen Fun. And the attendance at Hollywood Studios has never been greater. And again, it's simply because... It's a new fireworks show. Yeah. People haven't seen it. Yeah. And it'll be really neat now because the hat is gone, so that un- unobstructed view of the fireworks is going to be there, and we're going to get to see it first with source- with uh, this, the Star Wars fireworks that are going to happen yeah. during Star Wars weekends. So. You uh, you heard what we're doing for the the fireworks here that's changing over, right? The the texture wrapping all down Main Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. very similar to the... Uh, they do the, the projection show and the... the uh, Everybody told me how amazing the the dream show at Paris was going to be. Yep. And you know, uh, as someone that's worked at the parks, it was okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to beat fireworks at Walt Disney World because the size of Walt Disney World means yeah, you can we really... can do whatever we want with fireworks. Yeah. And man, when it's a when you're looking at Fourth of July or New Year's Eve fireworks at, at Disney in, in that's Florida, the one to be at. I mean, we're talking they they. Sh- for the Magic Kingdom, they're shooting fireworks off the islands in the lagoon, 360 degrees around the park. Yeah. Uh, Epcot, the most amazing fireworks show for New Year's Eve. I'm usually at Hollywood Studios, and I like the Hollywood Studios fireworks yeah. because the band, Mulch, Sweat, Cheers, plays the soundtrack. Yeah. And there is nothing cooler than a live rock and roll band with pyro. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of the things I... I actually missed the New Year's Eve working them. I worked three New Year's Eves here. Okay. I really loved them. I, mean, I was in the Tiki Room, two of them, and that was a great place for the New Year's Eve because mm-hmm. you weren't in the crowds, but you were still in the atmosphere of it. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering how much longer Disneyland's going to do grad night because grad night uh, in Florida is done. Yeah. It's been done now for two, almost three years now. They just made the decision we're not in that. We still do Night of Joy, but uh, grad nights are done. Well, in grad nights, I, it's at the point now where they could fill the park with regular guests. Mm-hmm. You know, we're also doing another 24-hour celebration, I know. We do too. those, too. Yeah. I think it's... Well, let, let, let's hit the other ones that I... Uh, the, the park comparison. Okay, yeah. Fantasmic? Um, 
I like the theater. Love the theater. In Florida. I like the show here. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they utilize the theater no. in a way that makes it feel And I'd organic. rather I'd rather have Peter Pan than Pocahontas. Yeah. Yeah. And to me the show scenes are out of order. Yeah. When I first saw it in California, the show made sense. Um, and the Phantasmic in Tokyo is amazing. Theatrically, their dragon is amazing and their their sorcerer's hat is amazing, but the show doesn't it's all over the place too. Yeah. Well that's the thing I like, and you know, now that they've done fast pass and the one here so there's no camping. Yeah. Love that. Um, but you're close to it. It has a feeling of proximity that you don't get in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, what else are we missing that there's representation on both sides of it? I uh, I mean all the fantasy land rides, yeah, about yeah. that one. I like I like the outside of Disneyland. I like the inside of Paris. Because yep. Paris just looks brand new. Yeah. Um, there's nothing I like about the one in Walt Disney. So probably because Magic Kingdom. Probably just... because I work there. Yeah. And it's moldy and it's falling apart and it's one of the attractions that gets the least amount of. And it's so funny because the Haunted Mansion ride building and Small World ride building back up right up next to each other. There's a little tiny walkway between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Splash, the, Splash Mountain. Yeah. That's a wash. Yeah. Um, the one here moves so quickly. It's over so quickly. The one in yeah. Florida is like, you better have half an hour because that's how long it's going to be yeah. once you sit down. God, your your guys' Soarin' is, is just crazy popular. I mean, yes. ours is too. But so, so much but to the point they're, they're building, building a, a new theater. theater. Yeah. yeah. We sat next to the, the uh, on the airplane when we flew out here. Uh, the guy in the seat next to us was working on CAD drawings for Soarin' Over California. And I, it was just ironic. I was like, we saw the Imagineering logo, and we're like, what's he working on? And Lindsay, who was sitting next to him, leans over and he goes, he's working on Soaring. And I think it's just like the back. It yeah. looks like the ride panels, the show panels that yeah. he was working I, on. But... I think that that's one of the few things I think they really have to update that movie soon. Yeah. I mean, it needs that's... to go digital projection because yeah. our, our film is horrible right yeah. now. I, I think the other thing, and I, I'm actually, my understanding is that it's in, in process is the new Muppets 3D show. Okay. Uh, that, that's something that I've heard that they're because it's it's due. It's it's a really old show. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what's going to happen here because you got the Frozen is Frozen. in there. Yeah, I know that that's a temporary thing. So I don't think see. And ours is ours goes from temporary to temporary to permanent. Our permanent show will open after Star Wars Weekends. Huh. It'll be in the ABC Theater, which is where Superstar yeah. Television is. Well, now that they've now that uh, Disney's now doing a new pilot for a, a weekly Muppet show mm-hmm. on broadcast. Okay. Um, you know, I've got to think that if they're putting that kind of thing into the property, because uh, that's that's you know, it's great to see that they're taking a chance and doing. Yeah. No one's doing you know variety shows on TV anymore, and to do a Muppet one on primetime again is is pretty. Cajone, well, it's it's filled. Cool. The other cool thing with you, you mentioned Marvel. The fun thing is, you guys get to do stuff with Marvel. You guys, we can't touch it. Yeah, we can't even have the characters in the park yeah. because of the because of Islands of Adventure at Universal. Yeah. So until that changes, which they're never, you know. Yeah. As long as the contract reads something that that in order for us to get it back, they would have to close their ride for 365 days, and there's no way that's going to happen. Yeah. And the only other way to Get the Marvel property to us is if we is if we pay to switch their ride, and why would we do that when, you know, the really great thing 
that's happening in Orlando right now is Universal has raised the bar, which now Disney has to counter the bar. Yeah, and that's you know, they they spanked us with Harry Potter. Yeah, and we, you know they built. Yeah, they out Disney Disney on that. No, and, and I mean they built they built the Transformers ride in Florida in eleven months yeah. from groundbreaking to grand opening. And it took us three and a half years to build the 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 not so roller coaster roller coaster in Fantasyland. Yeah. I, I'm really optimistic that uh, Universal Hollywood getting Harry Potter will will up the bar for a and I don't think it has to be a third gate necessarily but it's definitely going to be an expansion somewhere yeah. um, I mean I, I, you don't have to hy- hypothesize about that but you know they, it's going to raise the bar I mean even I love the Simpsons land thing that they yeah. did that's ah, fantastic that's fun um, so yeah so let's just really quickly I don't want to dig too deep into it I think one of the super cool things uh, is that now I know you not only as Skipper Elliot, uh, <laughs> but based upon the stream that I got to see from Star Wars Celebration today, I got to see you as DJ Elliot, and I just think it's very cool that uh, a lot of the people who are watching that, um, you kind of turn into the guy from JPL when uh, when the Mars rover hit, the guy you know, with the mohawk. Yeah. Uh, there was some good buzz about your moves and your uh, your energy on the stage. A lot of a lot of. Uh, you, you definitely were uh, holding a gigantic room of people and, uh, and was, rocking them. I think it was uh, four or 5,000 people. I mean, it's not the biggest crowd, but just... Oh, the energy was just fen- phenomenal. No, and it, it was funny because especially just talking about today is uh, originally they didn't want me to start right away. And this is my now third celebration that I've DJed. And I said, look, you know, the, most of those people in that room had either been in line since 8 o'clock yesterday morning. Yeah. You know, the latest that you could get there and get into the room, the, I think the last wristband went to someone that got in line at 5 o'clock this morning. Yeah. So I was like, you know, look, these guys have been waiting all night. Like, I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm, and just to be clear, for the people who don't know, this actually was for the Force Awakens panel yeah, with J.J. Yeah. Abrams and Star Wars so, cast. And I mean, it was, yeah, it was no, and, they, and we're there. We're there all week for Star Wars Celebration. That's yeah. why I'm out here traveling with. Uh, and, and the sad thing is, this is actually not going to go up till a week from next Tuesday. So <laughs> this is not going to be. I, I pushed another well, episode I last will be, Friday. I will be at Chicago Comic Con when this comes out. So yeah. that's where I'll be. Uh, no, I've got this great. Uh, I mean, hey, I'm gonna fade. I'll, I'll, I'll own up to it. I'm a big nerd. I've always been a big nerd. I was in the Star Trek club in high school. I played the cello, um, and I'm a DJ. And uh, I I own a DeLorean that I'm turning into a Back to the Future car. That's you know that's my movie. Um, and I just nerd culture is so popular right now. Yeah, and it's. All of us that, you know, were nerds and picked on when we were younger are now in these positions of power where we get to make the decisions on what movies are going to get made. Yeah. I mean, ten years ago, who would have thought that the top five grossing movies were going to be superhero movies? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, look look at the superhero stuff we have on TV right now. We've got The Flash. we get Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of Carter. Uh, Daredevil just came out. Oh, I mean, Have you seen Daredevil It's amazing. I, we just, we just uh, finished watching episode eight. <laughs> Which is like the big Kingpin yeah. episode. Holy, it's it's beautifully yeah. well done. It's, I think it's now. Granted, I don't think a lot of people are saying it's like it's the new wire. No, uh, it's good. Yeah, but they're also you know the Flash is also same thing. The Flash is good. Yeah. It's not the greatest thing no, on TV. But, but the thing I like about the Flash is it doesn't take itself too seriously, mm, no. and it's there's there's some sloppy writing from the dialogue side of things. 
but they've really planned them. Yeah. There's a really good, like Tom Cavanaugh, who plays uh, Harrison Wells, is just crushing that part. Yeah. I mean, he really is just executing. One, the thing, and of all the superhero stuff out now that I appreciate the most, is it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it tying in with everything yeah. that's happening in the Marvel Universe. Like, you know, Captain America came out, and that next week, yeah. everything went oh, down. It's, it's great. And Agent Carter was was, uh, was good. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing the rest of it. And, yeah. uh, and again, it's it's neat because I... I I saw Daredevil. They we did a preview of it uh, in October at New York Comic Con. So I've been waiting since October to see these scenes. You know, we saw one of the first scenes from Agent Carter. So it's just ironic that so here I am, this nerdy kid that got picked on my entire life. One of the biggest bullies that picked on me in high school is now a Facebook friend that is just like, I can't believe you get to do this. This is so awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> suck it, man. Like you made my life hell as I grew up. Um, it's just so. You know, so my my surreal moment today was so I'm in this panel and I'm you know I've done my thing I'm standing backstage waiting to come out with the panel over looking at Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams talking about everything and they say hey do you want to see the trailer and the audience screams and they say roll it and they walk over and they stand right next to me and so I'm watching them listen and watch the reaction of people watch what they've been working on for the last three years and they so you're watching them watching other people they, watching they, it's, it's watchception it, it was it the coolest thing they were so excited and so giddy just like the look Seeing, on their faces because that really is the first this, this trailer was the first one that um I mean, the other trailer was, was amazing because it was all fresh but we didn't new. know anybody we didn't know anyone this is the trailer I think that grounds the universe no you hear you hear, you hear Mark Luke, Hamill yeah. And then, which by the way, whoever whoever J.J. Abrams signed up to get Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill into a gym and get them get them diet. <laughs> it was coaching, part. Of, it was part of their contract. Holy crud! They look great. I yeah. mean, Mark Hamill has not when he did the uh, the trickster on uh, on the Flash. Yeah, uh, that was like a Hannibal Lecter quality performance. Yeah. So yeah, no, it it's really so cool it's stuff. so great to see his transition in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm really excited about seeing him, especially if they put a big old like you know Obi Wan beard on him. Mm. I think no, I think he looked great. I'm I'm really excited to see what's next, yeah. and I think it's in great hands. And uh, no, it's going to be a fantastic. I just property. It's, I'm excited to see what's going to happen the rest of this yeah. weekend. We've got another it's, couple big things. It's, it's a good time to be alive as a nerd. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it is. It's it, there's a lot of good. It's the new cool. But the hardest the <laughs> hardest part of it, the actually the hardest part though, is there's too much content. Yes. Because now, what the heck do you do? You spend your time. You get Game of Thrones, which yeah. is a must see. Uh, which it's, it's so horrible. They leaked those four episodes early. Well, you I had that, I had that lovely five hour flight from Orlando. Oh. So. I, I thought for a second you were saying you thought HBO leaked him on purpose. No, I don't no, think no, they no, did no, it on no, purpose. No. I, think I think somebody screwed up really yeah, bad. A screen I, I'm sure that the I think uh, that's going to kill DVD screeners for the industry. I think yeah, that, I th- that's the single incident that's going to push it over the edge. I don't think it's that one. Uh, I think I think the, the big one is expe- Wol- Expendables. I mean, Expendables. Well, Wolverine, that, Wolverine before it was another one that oh, was yeah. a huge. You know, they've just got to find a way to you know they. It's funny because my dad and I have always talked about it. They they just and they're starting to kind of do it in limited content. The first studio that says you can pay, you know, two hundred bucks a year and you can watch your movies for the price of a movie ticket in your home 
with this special box that we give you is going to make a ton of money because I want I really want to see Avengers but I don't want to sit in a theater full of people to watch it you know I, I remember I, the one I saw see I love that that I still yeah, really I like that <laughs> like same with Star Wars like I really want to see it but I want to see it by myself without yeah. people making noises or talking or chewing or see at least I, at least I think that the opening weekend usually people are enough focused enough on the film that it's not see I live in the south so oh, okay. that, that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish uh, I, w- I wish everybody. You wish you had the quiet. California. Like, uh, yeah, the California like, movie theater knows the rules. It's like going to see Broadway in New York. Well, they just seem to like give people like a test and then give them a taser. Yeah, I think that would solve that problem pretty fast. No. Well, and again, I, most of the theaters I go to are in tourist areas with people sure, on vacation. Sure. So yeah, you know they don't they don't care. But so here's I guess speaking of movies, so uh, can they ever make a Jungle Cruise movie? Because I've I've turned it in my head a little bit. First of all, the t- the Tom Hanks one needs to go out the window. The Tom the Tom Hanks Tim Allen thing needs to not happen. Uh, but I could see. You know, I don't think we're ever going to make a Country Bears mistake no, ever again. No, we don't. Think no, I think be- we learned our lesson on that because with as amazing as you know, see, but okay, let's just let's say let's say Chris Pratt wasn't going to be Indiana Jones and wasn't crushing it in Guardians. See, but you could make you could he, make he, an he would Indiana Jones ish. They could take an Indiana Jones-ish like script and, and and work Jungle Cruise in it. There doesn't, you know. Yeah, but now that they own Indiana Jones, I don't need to see make a Jungle Cruise. I don't need to see another person be Indiana Jones. Like it's yeah. always going to be Harrison Ford. No, no, I understand it, but you know, look, James Bond has been eight people, and we yeah, still yeah. watch. No, we I, still I, watch I James Bond movies. I don't. No, I know the Daniel gotten, Craig stuff's good. I've gotten bored with it. Yeah, I, I like the last couple. The last couple of Pierce Brosnan. Good. I think Golden Eye was the last one. I was like, this is really cool. That tank driving through the yeah, yeah. No, no. The uh, there was a period where they were bad. They yeah, were just, they were terrible. But not, I think the new ones have been really. No, I think the great thing with nerd culture is it's raising the bar yeah. on these movies. Like, I really think we're gonna because. Even t- even TV, looking at now where TV is now yeah. compared to where it was ten but years ago. Part of ago. that progression is because information is so democratized. Mm-hmm. And look look at what I'm doing on the podcast yeah. level. Uh, you know, it's it's a, still small and still growing, and hopefully yeah. the shares keep on you know keep on running. But uh, you know, look at what the people who are doing uh, devoted you know movie topic podcasts yeah. they're having influence in the industry. Oh yeah, it, it was so funny to sit at sit at Star Wars convention today uh, and watch people pick apart this trailer. You know, and, and I joked about it because we're sitting there. It's me and James Arnold Taylor and his podcast crew, and we're all sitting there talking about you know talking about this trailer. Like, like you know, if you listen to the speech, Mark Hamill talks as if Darth Vader is still alive. And it, picking it apart, yeah, the way he says it, he's, yep. he mentions as if he and. And did did they really hand the lightsaber to Carrie Fisher, or whose hand is that actually? Yeah. I'm like, well, that's that are was, we really that was, picking this apart? This yeah. just happened ten minutes ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Although uh, watching the entire thing, that was the only thought that went through my head was it didn't look like Carrie Fisher's hand. Yeah, it looked like a younger woman. So it didn't matter to me. The words were amazing. Yeah, no, and no, then no. when the Harrison Han Solo Ford, uh, says we're home, and the question is. What's he saying? We're home to. Well, it's in it's in the Falcon. Then that's what I'm hoping. It yeah, is. yeah. Because where else would it be? Because he yeah. doesn't have a home. Well, no. And technically, the Falcon has been yeah. in 
Billy D's hands. So, and we'll see. You know, I I think that it made sense for them to slice the EU because it was way you know out, oh, out no, of no, control. No. Uh, but at the same time, uh, have you seen you've seen Rebels? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a huge fan. Yeah, so the first episode of uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, it's Aladdin in space. Yep. Because they even rip off the street rat line in there. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, it's, it's time to head back and, and wrap it up. So, uh, Elliot, I great appreciation. I really uh, oh no, thank you. So this much. is this is uh, you know sometimes we we budget for an hour, and then when they roll over like this and it's just entertaining. I'll just come you know. Yeah, because that's this is a conversation, you know, and it's uh, you'll you'll hear this at some point. I've said this at times during the podcast. My intention about this: this is an oral history that there's a culture of what skippers are and have been over the years that it's valuable to preserve, and it's because of discussions like this. Because this is what uh, the culture of being a skipper, whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Jungle Cruise in Paris. I, I've never been able to find it. You know, I uh, look at, look for it on maps. I don't know where they're hiding it. Uh, yeah, I thought it's they behind have, the wall of people smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I thought they should have put one in Australia, but then the river would have had to go the opposite way. Yeah, it's real different. Uh, Coriolis you your jokes. Head on the faucet. Coriolis jokes. Uh, anyway, but no, that's you know that's what I try to do is just uh, give it a reason for the stories to be passed on and. I just I'm happy that people are enjoying it. So, and this is what break room conversation sounds like. This this is it. This is exactly what it is. Is how skippers <laughs> talk to each other. So we better go bump our boat, or Skip- we're gonna we're gonna get some, uh, we're gonna be. Uh, I don't think you get should, some jungle I justice. I don't think you should call her your boat. That's just not a nice way to. She's a lovely girl, uh, Skipper Elliot. It's a pleasure, and to everyone out there in uh, Internet Land, that's my that's my land. Okay, that's you know Walt had his lands. Internet Land is my land, and. Uh, that's where. That's so, where. That's so where I'll walk over to Horizons and we'll go on that. Yes. All right. Come to Lush, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.